of Cold Talk. I am your host, Cole Martins, and thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there, you can message me questions or topics you can hear on the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button to get alerts for the newest episodes on release. The podcast is available on all major platforms, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, and others out there as well. So wherever your favorite podcast is, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. Also, thank you my brother Landon Martin for the amazing artwork on the page. And to see some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Land. That is at M-R-F-A-N-C-Y-L-A-N. Coming up on today's episode, we got the NFL playoffs starting up. I want to start off by talking about Super Wild Card Weekend. Six playoff games that begin the NFL playoffs this week. So we'll go over all six of those games and some other news as well across the NFL that was announced this week. Also, I have a cold challenge at the end of the episode talking about a pair of teams who had an impressive run at the end but just weren't able to make the playoffs. We're going to go over those teams and what they were able to do near the end of the year. And I know I've been on a two-month hiatus here. A lot of things have been going on in my life. Uh, a lot of bad things, I should say. But I had to take some time and go through all that stuff and get everything kind of prepared for myself. Uh, just to give a good idea. Grandma passing away. Uh, dog passing away. Some other things like that happening. And trying to get some things, other things figured out as well. Uh, so hopefully I've been gone for too long. You guys still remember me a little bit. And I think again, thank you guys for tuning into this show. Uh, but I'm back and I'm ready to talk about the NFL playoffs and go over what is happening here. This week, and it's an exciting week of football this year. Of course, the NFL season 2022, crazy, a lot of things happening all around uh, this year. A lot of crazy results. If you gambled like I did, that was god awful at it. Could not predict anything in my life, depended on it. Uh, if you did win some money this year, good for you. You're a lot, paying a lot more, uh, better with picking games than I am or trying to make bets because I think I was, I was close on a lot of them at least, but just could not get anything going. Uh, but over your overall crazy year in the NFL. Uh, of course, everything else happened last week with Hamlin and uh, the Bills and Bengals game. Of course, glad to hear he's doing all right. Uh, and Buffalo with a little bit more to play for. It seems like these through this playoffs playing for Hamlin. Uh, but again, a crazy NFL season. Now we have finally reached the playoffs, and we'll see if any more craziness falls with the NFL playoffs. And uh, some fun facts going over these NFL playoffs as well. Uh, we'll start off with a little bit of the NFC and their quarterbacks in this playoffs. Well, let's start off with the man who is, of course, the king of the playoffs. The GOAT himself, Ty Brady, coming in these playoffs 35-12. and 12. Then every other quarterback of that, not too much experience. As we go to Kirk Cousins, who is the next experience with a 1-2 playoff record. Dax Prescott coming in this game with a 1-3 record. Jalen Hurts coming in this game 0-1, suffering his first loss. I believe that was last year or a couple years ago to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of those years it was. So Jalen Hurts going to be looking for his first playoff one of the year, of course, getting the bye with the Eagles. Uh, so he won't be out playing this wild card weekend. And then Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, and Geno Smith all making their first appearance in the playoffs. So if you know any of those guys will be able to get their first playoff win as well. Speaking of Brock Purdy, he and Skylar Thompson could become the first rookies to win a playoff game since Russell Wilson in 2012. Also, both these quarterbacks taking in the seventh round of this past year's draft. So two quarterbacks are taken real late. I have a chance to become a star this week, helping their teams pick up a big win. 
as again, could be the first rookie quarterback to win since Russell Wilson in 2012. Also, half of the games are including a backup quarterback this weekend. Uh, all three could be third-string quarterbacks, as like I mentioned, Brock Purdy coming in after Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance injuries, Skylar Thompson coming in for Tua Tungaloa and Teddy Bridgewater, and coming in for the Baltimore Ravens possibly this week. Lamar Jackson is out, and also we could have Tyler Huntley out, which means Anthony Brown could be the starting quarterback again this week. So a lot of interesting storylines coming this week. Uh, of course, the injury has been an issue for some teams coming this week as well, as of for all season longs for some of these teams. And here, injuries have been a problem, but they were able to make it to the playoffs. They're here now. Let's see if they will be able to do anything coming into the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. And also, anybody else hate that Super Wild Card name? I cannot stand it. I think it was named because of ESPN taking the Monday Night Game and having that. Why don't we just call it Wild Card Monday? I think that's just a better name for it, in my opinion. If ESPN is going to do something, Super Wild Card Weekend just sounds goofy in my opinion but either way that's what the nfl calls it but let's get into the wild card weekend this week and we will get into the first game that is happening on saturday and that is the seattle seahawks taking the on the san francisco 49ers uh this one the niners are favored by nine points as when i last checked at least they were favored by nine also, these teams have already played twice this year because both these teams being in the NFC West. San Francisco has won both those games in the series. Uh, first game of the year, uh, first time these two play, I should say, was in Week 2, which the Niners won 27-7. And then in December 15th, which was Brock Purdy's first road start, they were able to beat the Seahawks 21-13. to the Seattle has had the Niners number in the previous years, as Seattle has won 8 of the last 12 against the Niners. Also, this is the 25th time a team swept someone will be playing them in the playoffs in the Super Bowl era. The, in those meetings, teams are 14-10, surprisingly closer than you think it would be. Again, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. But while teams slept the series and hosted the playoff game, they are 13-6. So let's look into both these teams so far this year. As we uh, so far, we'll have they've done so far this year. We'll start off with the Seattle Seahawks, who barely snuck into the playoffs with a nine and eight record after last week having to beat the Rams uh, in a what could be considered a controversial ending fourth quarter in that game with so many weird penalties being called. I'll probably go over that one a little bit later as well. But Seahawks were able to make a field goal in overtime, pick up the win, and get a big win over uh, Baker Mayfield as well late in that game. As now they will made the playoffs as the seventh seed and will take on again their rival San Francisco 49ers. So far this year in the row, the Seattle Seahawks are four and four. And let's look at the top players from this year as quarterback Geno Smith had 4,282 yards passing, which is eighth in the NFL, 30 touchdowns, which is fourth, 11 interceptions, and a 61.1 QBR, which is sixth overall in the NFL. Running back Kenneth Walker, who is a candidate for rookie of the year after coming in midway through the season. Ran for 1,050 yards and nine touchdowns in so far this year. And why is for DK Metcalf having another good year? Nine set 90 receptions, 1,048 yards and six touchdowns. And on the defensive side, uh, rookie cornerback Tyreek uh, Tuik Wallen with six interceptions, which was tied for first in the NFL and 16 pass deflections, which was tied for four. So Tyreek uh, having a great season this year in his rookie year. Uh, could be up there for Rookie of the Year, but I highly doubt he's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Of course, Aiden Hutchinson and Sauce Gardner, what year they had, but a great rookie year for Wollin. And also linebacker Jaden Brooks with 161 tackles on the season on the defensive side. Sixth 
in the NFL. In total stats for the Seattle Seahawks this year, overall at offense, they were 13th to 352 yards per game. Rushing-wise, they were 18th to 120. Passing, 12th to 231. Scoring, they were 9th as well with 24 points per game. On defense side, not as good as they were 26 on overall offense with 362 yards allowed per game. Rushing 30th to 150 yards. Passing 13th to 212. And scoring, they were 20, uh, 25th with 24 points per game. I believe I had the rushing wrong. I think they're more up there than 30th. I think I forgot to type in the actual number for that. So while I'm talking here, I'll try to look that up real quickly. Uh, but overall, this uh, Seattle team was able to do a lot near the end of the season. Team, Of course, a team that came in there that was predicted to be the worst team in the NFL coming in to the season as the preseason did not look pretty for them and nobody had any hope for this team, especially trading away Russell Wilson and everything that happened. But they were able to bounce back and were able to have a successful end to the season and now are looking into the playoffs to see if they can compete against their division rival. And that is, of course, the San Francisco 49ers. So an absolutely excellent season as they went 13-4, and 8-1 at home, and also on a 10-game winning streak right now. So they were 3-4 and four at one point at the beginning of the year, and now have bounced back to have a number two seed in the NFC side of the playoffs. Also, this team last year going to the NFC title game, where it looked like they had a good chance to win, but blew a 10-point lead to the Los, Los Angeles Rams, I should say, not Raiders. Uh, but in that one, again, a lot of things happened. Uh, looked like they were going to get an interception off Matthew Stafford near late in the game. That would have put almost put the game away. They need an interception by Jimmy Garoppolo. Allowed the Rams to go downfield and win that one. But now they are back and ready to compete once again. But Jimmy Garoppolo won't be their starting quarterback. Neither will Trey Lance. Their starting quarterback will be third-round pick and Mr. Irrelevant in this year's draft. The rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy. So, so far this year has had a very impressive season filling in for... Both those quarterbacks, as he came in in week 13, I believe it was, if I remember correctly. Uh, but so far this year, he has 1,374 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Again, filling for Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a foot alignment injury, and Trey Lance, who tore ACL early on in the season. Uh, Brock Purdy helping lead this way, this offense through. And, of course, the midseason trade that they acquired running back Christian McCaffrey was huge for this team because McCaffrey has been a great addition. 746 rushing yards this year, six touchdowns, also 85 receptions, 741 yards, and five touchdowns. He was injured a few times this year while he was with the Panthers. But since he has joined the Niners, he has been healthy and ready to go. Again, a huge impact on the offense. So far, leading the way receiving this year was Brandon Ayuk. 78 receptions, 1,015 yards, and eight touchdowns. Also, tight end George Kittle with 60 receptions, 765 yards, and 11 touchdowns was tied for third in the NFL. And, of course, uh, candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Boza with 18 and a half sacks, was the first in the NFL, and 19 tackles for a loss, tied third for third in the NFL. Uh, don't be surprised if he is easily picked Defensive rookie, defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Nick Boza, an incredible year, uh, taking down the quarterback. Also, safety, uh, Tashawn Gibson Sr., five interceptions in the season, which is tied for fifth in the NFL. And looking at the overall stats here for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, they had an overall offense of 366 yards, which is fifth in the NFL, eighth in rushing with 139 yards, 13th in passing with 227, and sixth in scoring with 27 points per game. And then on the defensive side, first overall, well, only 301 yards per game, second in rushing with 78. 20th in passing with 223, 
and scoring. They were first overall with allowing only 16 points per game. And the key thing, turnovers as well. They had plus 13 on turnovers, which is, again, first in the NFL. I don't know why this team went on a 10-game winning streak. They were absolutely incredible. I forgot to say, two Seahawks turnovers as well. They had a total of, they were plus two in the turnover margin, which is tied for 13th in the NFL. Uh, but again, these rivalry games, you never know where they can go in the division. This could go either way. Uh, of course, Seahawks are going to have to get a lot done if they're going to try to defeat the San Francisco defense. There is it could be a big issue for Geno Smith and company. But the key thing in this one is Geno uh, Smith is going to be able to continue what he's been doing all year, throwing the ball downfield, finding his receivers, because that is the key of beating the Niners. Like I mentioned, if you look at their defensive stats, a uh, great rushing team. So if they can get Kenneth Walker going, it's good news for the Seattle team because they are breaking one of the top rushing defenses in the league. So all they got to do is try to just see if they can get some ground breaking going. Of course, they can do that to get some play actions in, maybe open up that defense a little bit of the Niners. And then for San Francisco, Brock Purdy just to protect the ball. That is teammates do what they need to do again this offense is good this defense one of the best in the league actually the best in the league i should just say because this offense is absolutely incredible their weak spot is their passing so we'll see if seattle be able to overtake that but i do see the niners winning this one i think this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people think i would if you're going to do the spread i would definitely go to the seahawks i think they'll keep this game under nine points in my opinion uh but this should be a good game i think overall uh, division games are always close but i think the niners are going to be too much for the seattle seahawks to Handle. I do see this game being a seven-point game. If it does, it might reach that ten-point, which would make you lose that spread, of course. But I think this game will be more around the seven-point area, seven, eight points at the end. But I do see the Niners winning this one. I think it's going to come down to, of course, the big plays of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I expect George Kittle and Ayuk and uh, others to get involved as well. And of course, I expect the Boza to be chasing after Smith quite a bit in this game as well. Uh, but again, I do think it's going to be a lot closer than what people are thinking. I do see the Niners pick up the win in this one, advancing to the next round of the playoffs, pick up a win against the Seattle Seahawks. Next on the Sunday night, a Saturday night game, I should say, we have the number five seed Los Angeles Chargers taking on the number four seed Jacksonville Jaguars. These two teams played earlier this year as well. I should also mention that as well. But during this uh, wild card week, every team that is playing each other has played each other earlier in the season, which I don't think I've ever seen that before either. But that's a pretty cool little thing. So each of these teams had a little bit of history with each other and had some games to go look back on. Uh, but this, these two teams met back in week three where the Jaguars absolutely dominated the Chargers, winning that one 38-10. And coming into this game as of last on Friday night, the Chargers were favored in this one by one and a half points. And speaking of the Chargers, they come in this game with a 10-7 and record. Last week losing to the Broncos, so coming into this game with a losing streak. And on the road so far this year, they are 5-4. And, and this is their first playoff appearance since 2018, which means the first ever start for QB Justin Herbert. He is four so far this year, through for 4,739 yards and also, just second in the NFL, 25 touchdowns, tied for 18 in the NFL, and 10 interceptions. I should also mention, I don't know if I mentioned this before the last game as well, but each of the quarterbacks on Saturday will be making their first uh, start in the playoffs. So, again, another cool little thing happening this year. So, a lot of new experience for players reaching the playoffs this season. Uh, get back to the Chargers now. Running back Austin Eckler having an absolutely incredible season, especially if you were a fan of him in fantasy because he did absolutely awesome for me. I think he was the number one running back in our fantasy leagues this year. But Austin Eckler, 915 yards rushing, 13 total touchdowns on the ground, tied for second in the NFL. Also had 107 receptions, 722 yards, and five touchdowns. 
Also, wide receiver Mike Williams leading the way receiving this year. 63 receptions, 895 yards, and four touchdowns. But bad news for the Chargers last week. He got hurt. He is out of this game with a back injury. Uh, we can talk about that one here a little bit more in a little bit. But their next receiver up, which is their star receiver on the team, wide receiver Keenan Allen, who's hurt for a majority at the beginning of the season. Uh, will be in this one. 66 receptions, 272 yards, and four touchdowns on the season. And then cornerback Michael Davis having a good year uh, for the defensive backs. A very injured Chargers defense. 15 pass deflections this season, just tied for six in the NFL. No overall stats here for the Chargers. On the offensive side, they're ninth in with 359 yards passing, 30th rushing with only 90 yards per game, but passing they were out there third, 270 yards per game, and scoring 13th overall with 23 points per game. Defensive side they were 20th overall defense at 346 yards per game, 28th rushing 146 yards, passing seventh with only allowing 200, and scoring tied for 21st with 22. About 22.6 points per game. Also, turnover margin, they were plus five, which tied for seventh in the NFL. And going back to Mike Williams here, uh, last week they found out their faith that before they even played, they were going to be the number five seed, but decided to play their starters anyways against Denver. Mike Williams ended up suffering that injury in that game, which a lot of people are calling the Chargers out, saying, why would you even play your starters in this one anyways? And going off of what coaches say, it's a mixed bag on what you want to do before the playoffs. Because, yes, you can let your players rest a week, let them get healthy a little bit. But also, missing that week could make things a little rusty for players, could cause some issues for players as well. So that's why a lot of people believe you should play your play their players at least for a half. That's what Hemp Bay did uh, during last week's game. So, But the Chargers decided to go the whole game with their players until about, I believe, the third quarter when Mike Williams got hurt. That's when Justin Herbert was pulled in that one and allowed the Broncos to win that game. They were down by a bit anyways. I think at that point, either way, they were losing the Broncos uh, pretty good at that point. Uh, but again, a big injury for the, this Chargers team, losing their one of their best receivers this week. So now Keenan Allen is going to have to step up even more in this game on the road as they get ready to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are the number four seed coming to this one at 9-8, and eight, the winners of the AFC South. Uh, they are 5-3 and three in the homecoming this one, also on a five-game winning streak going into this game, and also their first playoff appearance since 2017, where they almost made it to the Super Bowl before losing to the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game. But in this one, they have their second-year quarterback in star QB, Trevor Lawrence, who looked impressive to end the season. 4,113 4, yards this year, ninth in the NFL, 25 touchdowns, tied for 18th in the NFL, and 8 total interceptions. Running back Travis Etienne Jr. with 1,125 yards, which is ninth in the NFL in his first full season playing after getting injured last year in the preseason. Uh, his first year playing in the NFL looking really good. Uh, five touchdowns, like I mentioned, and one 5.1 yards per carry, which was eighth in the NFL. Wide receiver Christian Kirk getting a big contract by the Jaguars at the beginning of this year and looked like he played like he should have with that big contract. 84 receptions, 1,108 yards, and eight touchdowns. And quarterback Tyson Campbell having a good year this year as well. And the, the, for the defensive backs, 15 pass deflections, which is tied for six in the NFL. And overall stats for the Jaguars on offensive side, they were 10th overall with 357 yards per game, 14th in rushing with 125 yards, 10th in passing with 233, and scoring 10th as well with 24 points per game. Defensive-wise, overall, they were 24 with 353 yards allowed per game. 
12th in rushing, 115 yards. 28th passing with 239 yards and scoring 12th with 21 points allowed per game. And also the turnover margin, they were plus 5, tied for 7th in the NFL. So this one is probably going to be one of the closer games this weekend. Of course, the spread is showing that again. Chargers favorite by 1.5 points. Uh, but both these defenses struggling at points this year. Of course, the Jaguars struggle against the pass. The uh, Chargers struggle with the run. So it'll be interesting to see how both these teams are going to deal with everything this season. But in this one, I think this is going to be a very close game. And if I had to make a pick, I think it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. I think they will win this game. I just, I think the Chargers have been banged up all season long. It's been a rotation for this team. And they, the fact that they were able to get to where they, this team is good enough to be, I think, compete for the division AFC West. But again, all those injuries were a big issue for this team. They were just a mixed bag of things turning all over the place for them. And if they cannot get Eckler running the ball in this one, I think it's going to be a major problem. Even though this Jaguars team does is one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL, I think they will step up here in the playoffs in this one. And I think they could cause some troubles for this Chargers team. Again, this is going to be a close game that comes down to the end, I do believe, just like the spread says. But I do like the Jaguars at home. I think they are the overall better team coming into this one. I'm surprised the Chargers are favored in this game, to be honest with you. But I do like the Jags in this one. I think they have been on a hot start. Trevor Lawrence has looked absolutely incredible. This is the quarterback we expected to see here in the NFL after everything he's done with Clemson. And fun note that I remember seeing on TV now earlier this week, Trevor Lawrence is undefeated in his entire life on Saturday, whether it's in high school, college, and NFL. So let's see if Trevor Lawrence can keep that undefeated streak going on Saturday football. And I just like this Jaguars team coming in this one. They are playing hot. They're going to continue to play hot in this one. And I think they will end up beating the Los Angeles Chargers in advance in the NFC playoffs as they go to the divisional round. So Jaguars pick up a big win at home. Good make that winning streak up to six. And Jaguars will advance to the AFC divisional round. Up next, we had two Sunday's games. And we'll start with the number seven seed, Miami Dolphins taking on number two seed, Buffalo Bills, a battle in the AFC East. Both these teams split the regular season as Miami was able to pick up a big win, 21-19 in Week 3, where Buffalo had a chance to pass a field goal to win that game, but they could not get the ball down quick enough and snap quick enough to kick the field goal, which ended up costing them that one. Buffalo would get that field goal in Week 15 as they would win that one, 31-28. But in this game, the spread is huge as it is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but for Miami, this one, they come into this game 9-8. and 3-6 and six overall record on the road. And their first playoff series, first playoff experience since, appearance, I should say, since 2016. And the reason why it's a 13.5 point spread, well, they're bound to their third string quarterback. As quarterback Tua Tungvaloa, who had a very good year, 3,500, yards, 25 touchdowns, which is tied for 8th in the NFL. 8 interceptions and a 68.5 QBR rating which is third in the NFL, is out of the game because of his concussion. He received his third concussion of the year. There are talks of him possibly playing this week. is absolutely crazy, in my opinion. The dude's had three concussions this year. I think that's almost at the point where you're borderline dealing with life at that point. So he needs to be out for the remainder of the season no matter what. Even if they won this game, he should not be playing the rest of these playoffs. Uh, the fact that he is still being considered to play, which is I think is a almost a danger to his life, at this point, if he played again this year. He needs to sit out this year and possibly even think about retiring at this point. Uh, 
again, all the respect to two for wanting to play the game. I mean, I don't blame him. Me personally, if you if you love the game that much, you'd want to play no matter what. Like, look what Tom Brady's doing right now at 45 years old. But at some point, you got to realize your health as well. So hopefully, Tua does think about his career during this offseason and check with some doctors. See, look, look at his head maybe a little bit more to make sure he can avoid these concussions. Uh, but glad to hear Tua is going to be out of this game. I mean, hopefully he recovers helpfully. We don't want to see him get hurt again and get another concussion. Uh, but Tua is going to be out for this one. And I would hope that he would be out for the remainder of the playoffs, even if they do win this game. But also, second career string quarterback Teddy Bridgewater was injured last week as he had a suffered a broken pinky finger, which now brings in third string quarterback and also seventh round rookie draft pick from this year, Skylar Thompson who so far this season has 534 yards passing, one touchdown, and three interceptions. So stats don't look that good for Skylar Thompson. But the rookie is going to get his first playoff experience here for Miami and see what he'll have to do with all these weapons he has as receivers. Uh, running backs have slimmed down a little bit as well as running back Raheem Mostert, their leading rusher, who had 891 yards rushing and three touchdowns this season, is also out of this game with a broken thumb. So that means running back Jeff Wilson, who they acquired from a trade this year with the uh, 49ers will get a chance to run the ball more in this one. So far this year, Wilson has 393 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Chase Edmonds might also get the ball a bit as well. I just believe those two will be switching back and forth in the backfield. But the key thing for this Miami team is their wide receivers. If they had the best wide receiver combo this year as wide receiver Tyree Kill having an impressive season. 119 yards receiving, which is second in the NFL. 1,710 yards receiving, which is second in the NFL, and seven touchdowns. And his tag team partner, wide receiver Jalen Waddle, 75 receptions, 1,356 yards, seventh in the NFL, eight touchdowns, and 18.1 yards per catch. This guy was absolutely incredible this year. And we'll see if these two will be able to help out Thompson in this one with that offense, which, again, a rookie quarterback happening. You're going to be selected to be a lot of all underneath passes, of course, Having your the best running back running team in the league is going to be an issue for Miami as well. So we'll expect them to throw some underneath passes quite a bit to Hill and Waddle. Let them win the game with their feet. Overall, for this Miami team this year, on offensive side, they were sixth in the NFL with 365 yards per game, 25th rushing, which is with 99 yards, fourth passing with 265, and 11th scoring with 23 points per game. Defensive wise, not as great. They were 18th in the NFL with 338 yards allowed per game. Fourth in rushing with 103 yards. That's a positive side, but passing 27th, which is 230 with 235 yards. And scoring, they were 24th, allowing 24 points per game. And turnover-wise, not great for this team this year. Negative 7, which is tied for 28th in the NFL. So not a positive thing, especially having your third-string quarterback come in to try and turn that deficit down up a little bit to try to change things around, but this team has liked to turn the ball over so far this year, and defense not causing that many turnovers as well. So you have turnovers for the defensive-wise, we have to mention this guy, defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, uh, with 16 tackles for a loss, which is ninth in the NFL, so we'll see if he'll be able to get up the quarterback and get some tackles in the backfield in this game as well. But for the Buffalo Bills, they come in this game 13-3, and 7-1 at home, and on a seven-game winning streak. Quarterback Josh Allen having another very impressive year. 4,283 yards passing, 17 in the NFL, 35 touchdowns, tied for second, but did have 14 interceptions, which is quite a bit. I think that's second most in the NFL, I want to say. Uh, but overall, a 
pretty good year for Josh Allen. Just did not pick the ball as well as he wanted to this year. Did have a QBR of 71.2, which is second in the NFL. Also, of course, doing stuff on the ground. 762 yards rushing and seven touchdowns of the season. They're leading back, running back Devin Singletary. 819 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Also, wide receiver Stefan Diggs, 118 yards receiving, fourth in the NFL, 1,429 yards, fifth in the NFL, and 11 touchdowns, third in the NFL. And we'll probably see more of James Cook in this one as well in the backfield for the Buffalo Bills as well. Nikeem Hines as well will be a big factor in this game, of course, having that big kick return last week to begin the game against the Patriots, which was a huge emotional game, of course, everything going on with Hamlin uh, the prior week against the Bengals. Uh, led to a big game for the Buffalo Bills where they could lock up that number two seed. Uh, even though they could be the number one seed with that win, depending on what happened in that Bengals game, if that game were to go full. Of course, both those teams are really good teams. Uh, but Bills, right now, the number two seed, which has them playing in this game, missing out on that vibe. So we'll be able to see what they do in the wild card this week. Uh, but overall, let's take a look at the both sides of the ball for the Bills. Off of the side, they were second in the NFL with 398 yards per game. Rushing 7th with 140, 7th also in passing with 258, and scoring they were 2nd overall with 28 points per game. Defensive-wise, they were 6th in the NFL with 319 yards per game, 5th in rushing with 105, 15th in passing with 215, and 2nd in scoring allowing 18 points. And turnover margin, they were exactly at 0, which was 15th in the NFL. So this is going to be a huge uphill battle for the Miami Dolphins in this one again. Skylar Thompson has a lot of pressure on him in this one. The rookie making the start in this playoff game with both the first two quarterbacks out for the Dolphins. So again, relying on a lot of dump-off passes to Hill and Waddle. Let them make up the yards for you and do what they can. That is the hope for this team. And of course, just try to contain Josh Allen somehow in way. Of course, the Miami Dolphins do have a good rushing defense, so they could possibly stop the running. But again, the passing is going to be the main issue. Of course, Josh Allen... Uh, a master throwing the ball. He's got Stefan Diggs, who's probably going to get 100 yards in this game. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, they also has other weapons as well. Cole Beasley, see if he can get a little bit involved in this game as well. Um, and also, we have uh, Gabe Davis, see what he'll be able to do something as well. But I'm expecting the Bills to throw the ball quite a bit in this one and pick apart this uh, struggling bottom five Miami Dolphins defense. Uh, in the passing game. So, again, I expected some turnovers in this one as well, as I do believe the Buffalo Bills win this one. 13.5 point spread. I could see that happening, to be honest with you. I would go with the spread for Buffalo in this one. If, if I had my opinion on this one, I do see them winning by two touchdowns in this one. Uh, I think the Miami Dolphins can stop the run, but I don't think they're going to be able to stop the pass, uh, is the issue in this one. And once that pass game gets going, it's going to open up the run game as well. So, a uh, lot of issues for the Miami Dolphins coming this one. They were able to sneak into the playoffs thanks to the Bills beating the Patriots last week. So now the Bills looking to beat the uh, Miami Dolphins here once again, which I believe they will. And I believe the Buffalo Bills will advance in the playoffs and move to the divisional round. Next, we have the number six seed New York Giants taking on number three Minnesota Vikings. Uh, last time these two teams played, Minnesota won 27-24. That was in Week 16, so not too long ago. Uh, Minnesota, this one, is favored by three as well. As the New York Giants, they come with this one 9-7-1, 4-4 on the road so far this year. And they're making their first playoff appearance since 2016, which means a first start for quarterback Daniel Jones, who needed to have a good year this year to possibly keep his job. I think he has did enough to do that this year. As so far, he threw for 3,205 yards, 15 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. His third in the NFL. And a QBR is 
which was seventh, and also ran for 708 yards and seven touchdowns. So not, not a great year passing for Daniel Jones. You kind of hope for more out of your quarterback, but he protected the ball good enough this year, and I think that is one reason why he is possibly going to be getting a contract extend this offseason. Also, running back Shaquan Barkley having a great year. 1,312 yards rushing, fourth in the NFL, and 10 touchdowns, which is ninth in the NFL. And wide receiver Darius Slayton leading the receiving with 46 receptions, 724 yards, two touchdowns, and 15.7 yards per catch, which is seventh in the NFL. And overall, this offense for the Giants, not too great overall. 18th in the NFL with 334 yards per game, fourth in rushing with 148 yards per game, 26 passing, which is 187 yards per game, and scoring. 16th with 22. Defensive-wise, not too great as well. Overall, 25th in the NFL, 358 yards allowed per game. 27th rushing with 144, 14th passing, 214, and scoring 18th, allowing 22 points per game. But the turnover margin was good for them as they were plus 3 on the season, which was 12th in the NFL. The Giants, a team that did not look like they had anything going into the season that could help them get into the playoffs. Uh, of course, that tie was a big help for them to well and keep away from the Lions and everybody else below them that they had with Washington earlier in the season. But if you look at this team this year, we had an injured Barkley who no one knew if he was going to be good, if he was healthy or not. Jones was getting ready to get kicked out of New York and they were getting ready to get a new quarterback soon. Uh, Offensive-wise, they didn't like they had too many receiving weapons. There's a lot of big question marks that would have, a lot of people would have believed the Giants could not have made the playoffs this year, but they somehow band together. They did what they needed to do. And they were able to make the playoffs this year. So a lot of credit to this New York Giants team and what they were able to do this season as they kept fighting all season long and were finally able to make the playoffs and now getting ready to go against the Minnesota Vikings this one. And that is a huge credit to this New York Giants team and also the coaching staff, Brian Duball, who Duball had a great season as his first head coach. For the New York Giants. Uh, great first year here. Easily up for Coach of the Year, in my opinion. As a team that a lot of people didn't expect to make it this far. So we'll see what this Giants team is going to be able to do now. As they take on the 13-4 Minnesota Vikings. The winners of the NFC North. As so far this year, great record at home. 8-1 and one and set an NFL record this year. With 11 wins in one score games. As again, the, the Giants won was one of those games as well. A couple few weeks ago. And this is their first playoff experience since 2019. And for quarterback, Kirk Cousins had a great year this year as well. 4,547 yards passing, which is fourth in the NFL. 29 touchdowns tied for fifth in the NFL. and But 14 receptions, which is a big uh, negative for this Minnesota offense, which could have cost them a few games this year. Also running back, Delvin Cook, not having the year that, uh, I guess, having a, a pretty decent year. But... Uh, think expect a lot more out of him. I feel like at times, 264 attempts with 60 in the NFL, 1,173 yards with 6 in the NFL, 8 touchdowns. Seems like he's been a little more choir cooked the last few weeks, uh, but he didn't have a good start to the season. We'll see if he can pick it back up here again against the Giants. And of course, the star receiver in the NFL, the best receiver in the NFL right now, in my opinion, wide receiver Justin Jefferson, 128 receptions this year with first in the NFL. 1,809 yards, first in the NFL, and eight touchdowns. He was getting close to Kelvin Johnson's record. Looks like he could have broke it, but the last couple weeks, he kind of hit a wall with some good defenses. I think it was week 17. He only had a 115 yards receiving, and that was against the Green Bay Packers in that loss. Uh, but defensive-wise, uh, two great players on the defensive side. Cornerback Patrick Peterson, five interceptions on the season, which is tied for fifth in the NFL. And 15 pass deflections, tied for sixth in the NFL. And safety Harrison Smith, also with five interceptions on the season. Again, tied for fifth in the NFL. 
Overall, offensive-wise, for the Vikings, they had 7th in the NFL with 365 yards per game. 28th rushing only, though, with 98 per game. Passing 6th with 264 yards per game. And scoring 25th with uh, excuse me, 25 points per game, which is 8th in the NFL. Defensive-wise, though, this team is really, really bad. Overall, 31st in the NFL, so 389 yards per game. 20th in rushing with 120 yards per game. 31st passing with 266 yards per game. And 30th allowing points per game with 25. Overall, turnover-wise, they were plus 2, though, with which was tied for 13th in the NFL. Now, overall, if you look at the players on each of these teams, it almost looks like this could be a blowout for the Minnesota Vikings. But the Giants have been able to keep close to teams all season long. And apparently Minnesota likes to stay close to teams all season long. Again, like I mentioned, 11 wins by one in one-score games. Uh, so this one I'm expecting to be a close one as well. But I'm going to go with Minnesota in this one. I think they will cover the spread well to win by more than three points, I would hope. If they win by three, it's a push. So either way, you're not losing at that point. But I like the Minnesota Vikings in this one. They are at home. Giants, they have some... They've been great all season. They've been able to do, be able to do what they're able to do all season long and compete in games. Again, I expect Daniel Jones to, once again in this one, protect the ball, uh, not turn the ball over, and allow. they're going to try to allow Barkley to do a lot in this one to help them win this one. So if they get the if they get Barkley going at this game, it's going to be close. I think this game's going to be close either way. But if they get Barkley going, this could be a go into the Giants' favor. But it all depends on what Barkley can do. Goes getting Jones open for some, maybe some play actions and find some receivers downfield at that point. But I'm expecting Jones to get some dump off passes this one as well, allow his receivers to do the work and allow Barkley to do some work as well on maybe on some screen plays and stuff like that. But this Giants defense, I think, is going to have to somehow contain this Minnesota team. Again, this Giants defense struggles against the run, so Cook might. Be able to get going in this one as well. What if Kicks, Cooks is going again? Issue for this Giants team because that means Justin Jefferson is going to get going as well with play action plays. So again, uh, both these teams, it's going to rely on the running game. And I think for every game in the playoffs, almost it relies on the running game. I think the only way you advance the playoffs, honestly, is by running the ball. If you can get the running game going, if you can get that moving, you will win your game. And I think that's going to be a key factor for again every team in this playoff, and especially in this game as well. Uh, it, it depends on how Cook and Barkley can get going. Whatever team gets a, their running back going, I think is going to win this one. And I see that being the, in the Minnesota's favor. So I think Minnesota's going to win this one. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it could come down to do three points. But I do believe the Vikings win this one at home. And will advance to the next round of the playoffs. The final game on Sunday, we have the sixth seed. Baltimore Ravens taking on the three seed. Cincinnati Bagels in a battle in the AFC North. This series was split this year as Baltimore won the first one in week 5, 19-17. And then for the Bengals, they won the game last week, 27-16. As now, that, so again, the series was split. And coming to this game, the Cincinnati Bengals are favored on Friday night by 8.5 points. Coming to this one, the Baltimore Ravens are 10-7, and 5-4 on the road. And their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who will not be playing this game with a sprained knee, he has been out. This will be a six-game miss in a row now. But Lamar Jackson so far this year, 2,242 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and 59.4 QBR, which is ninth in the NFL. Also ran for 764 yards and three touchdowns. Again, out with a sprained knee for the sixth game in a row, which we are still wondering who the quarterback is going to be for Sunday night. As currently it's being told the quarterback will be Tyler Huntley, who had 658 yards passing, two touchdowns, and three interceptions so far this year. But he was injured last week, and Anthony Brown had to start at quarterback, their third string, 
who had 302 yards last week uh, so far this season and two interceptions on the season. So no touchdowns thrown yet for Anthony Brown. But he could possibly get the start in this one, which could be a major issue for this Baltimore Ravens team. Because uh, Brown, again, not looking too great in last week's game against the Bengals. Uh, running back J.K. Dobbs with 520 yards, rushing lead in the backfield with two touchdowns. He's going to be good to go in this one. So we'll see if he can be a big factor in this game for the Baltimore Ravens. Leading receiver, tight end Mark Andrews, 73 receptions for 847 yards and five touchdowns. And on the defensive side, Raquan Smith having a great season, 169 tackles total, which is third in the NFL. Uh, big trade they required him from the Chicago Bears in the middle of the season. Uh, he's been a big factor for this Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Ravens defense, turning that team around as well. As that's been a big factor. Why they've been made, were able to make the playoffs was their defense. Let's take a look at their overall stats. Overall, offensive-wise, they were 16th in the NFL, 339 yards passing, rushing second overall, excuse me, 339 yards total uh, so far this year. Uh, second, 160 yards rushing. Uh, 28th in the passing game with 179 yards and scoring. They were 19th overall as I've kind of put their actual overall scoring. So uh, overall they were 19th either way. Defensive-wise, they were 10th in the NFL allowing 324 yards per game. Third rushing with 92 yards. 26 passing with 232 and scoring. They were 31st, uh, th excuse me, third it looks like with 21 points per game allowed. Or third or 19. Okay, I got 21 and 19 here. So I'm going to go with the 19. I'm going to go with just because it's right there. So, and I, uh, third and overall with 19 points per game. I think that's what it was. Don't, don't correct me on that. Don't. I might be wrong on that one, so don't listen to me if I am wrong. But either way, turnover margin, they were plus four, which is tied for 10th in the NFL. Again, this defense turned things around at the end of the year, which was able to help them get uh, enough wins to stay in the playoffs and get that number six seed. But for the Bengals coming to this one, they are 12-4 and four in the season, 6-1 and one at home. Eight-game winning streak coming in this one as well. Quarterback Joe Burrow, 4,475 yards passing. Five, which is fifth in the NFL. 35 touchdowns, tied for second in the NFL. 12 interceptions, but have QBR 58.5, which is 10th in the NFL. Running back Joe Mixon, leading the way in the backfield. 814 yards rushing on the season and seven touchdowns. Wide receiver Jamar Chase with 87 interceptions, 1,046 yards receiving and nine touchdowns, which is tied for sixth in the NFL. And his partner, wide receiver T. Higgins, 74 receptions, 1,029 yards, and seven touchdowns. Offensive-wise, overall, they were eighth in the NFL, 361 yards per game. 29th in rushing with only 96 yards. Fifth passing with 265 yards. And seventh scoring with 26 points per game. Defensive-wise, they were 16th overall with 336 yards. Seventh in rushing, 170 yards. 23rd passing with 229 yards. And tied for fifth and overall score with 20 points per allowed per game and a turnover margin of plus six which is sixth in the nfl again a Bengals team that began this year is struggling a little bit i believe they were zero and two the beginning of the season i think they even dropped a one and three at one point before getting hot late in the season again on an eight game winning streak starting to get the ball clicking at joe burrow and company looking to make it back to the super bowl again this year after making appearance last year and losing to the Los Angeles rams we'll see if he'll be able to lead this team back through the afc of course afc a very hard uh, schedule to go through, especially if the Bills win next week because they will be heading to, more than likely could be heading to Buffalo for a game that did not finish of course with everything that happened with Hamlin. So we'll see if that will be a destiny for the Ravens, both uh, Cincinnati Bengals and say, which I believe it will be. I believe the Bengals will win this one and if they're going to have Brown at quarterback, I believe they have Brown or Huntley at quarterback, I think the Bengals will cover the spread of 8.5. I think they will win this game by multiple, by two scores. All this offense for the Bengals 
has been really good. I think it's going to keep going this one. Yes, the Baltimore defense has stepped up recently as well. But I think if Joe Burrow and Chase and Higgins start clicking a little bit in this one, I don't, I don't think the Ravens have a chance, especially with the backup quarterback in. Um, I, I don't know if Baltimore can rely on offense. I mean, right now, I've almost got to feel like they got to rely on J.K. Dobbins and their quarterbacks running around in the backfield pretty much. But I don't see that being enough. The Stevens is going to have to really step up and get some turnovers if they're going to be able to compete in this game for the Ravens. But either way, I see the Cincinnati Bengals winning this one at home and advancing to the next round of the playoffs. And then we head to our Monday night football game, which we had the number five seed Dallas Cowboys taking on the number four seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These two teams met week one of the NFL season. I believe it was on Sunday night football where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to beat the Cowboys 19-3. Late in that one, we've seen Dak Prescott get hurt, which will cause him to miss four games on the season. But the Cowboys overall were able to Finish the season 12-5. and five. Also, Dallas, I should mention, Dallas is favored in this game by 2.5 points. But again, Dallas ended their season 12-5. and five. Again, having the number 5 seed is the best wildcard team overall. And that did not win the division. 4-4 four and four on the road, though, so far this season. And have not won a playoff game on the road since 1992. So, let's see if they will beat that streak in this one. Quarterback Dak Prescott in this so far this season. 2,860 yards passing. 23 touchdowns and 15 interceptions, which is tied for most in the NFL. Again, he missed quite a few games this year, so not a good stat for Dak Prescott uh, so far this year. Again, not everyone of those terms are his fault there. If you watch some of his games, about, I almost want to say half of those were almost off player deflections or some weird thing happening that caused a turnover. But again, Dak does tied for the lead from interceptions. We're going to Tony Pollard having a great season. He was able to break the 1,000-yard Mac mark, having 1,007 yards on the season. Nine touchdowns tied for 10th in the NFL and 5.2 yards per carry, which is 7th in the NFL. Also, running back Zeke Elliott having a good year, 876 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns, which is tied for 5th in the NFL. Wide receiver C.D. Lamb having another great year, 107 receptions tied for 5th in the NFL, 1,359 yards, 6th in the NFL, and 9 touchdowns, also tied for 6th in the NFL. Also, on the defensive side, some great players over there at linebacker, Mika Parsons. 13 and a half sacks on the season, which is seventh in the NFL, and cornerback Deron Bland with five interceptions, which is tied for fifth in the NFL. Overall, offense for this Dallas team 11th in the NFL with 355 yards, ninth in rushing with 135, 14th passing 220, and fourth overall scoring offense with 28 points per game. Defensive wise, they were 12th in the NFL with 330 yards per game, 22nd against the run with 130, 8th against the pass with 201. And tied for fifth in scoring with 20 points per game. Also, turnover margin, really good for this team. Plus 10, which is second in the NFL. So, yeah, Dak Prescott might have turned the ball over a lot. But this defense caused a lot more turnovers as well. So, then the Giles Cowboys looking good coming into this game. As they get ready to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who is the only team in this playoff with a losing record. At 8-9, and nine, they're able to win the NFC South. So far this year, Tampa Bay has been 5-4 and four at home. Of course, led by the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, who did not have the exact year that he wanted to have, even though the stats do look, don't look too bad. But quarterback Tom Brady, 4,694 yards passing, which is third in the NFL. 25 passing touchdowns, tied for 8th and 9 interceptions. But this is also his first ever losing season of his career. Yeah, he's still in the playoffs, so I guess he ain't going to complain too much about having a losing season. He was able to make it. And an NFL record in completions also this year for Tom Brady, excuse me. 
as they had 400, he had 4,890 receptions this year, completions this year, which broke his record from last year. So Brady looking to see if he can try to help this team out past the, uh, the next round of the playoffs after a struggling season. And they're going to need some help from that running game. As not running back Leonard Fournette was a leading rusher with only 668 yards rushing, three touchdowns, but he was a help in the passing game with 73 receptions for 523 yards and three touchdowns. Also, wide receiver Mike Evans led the way receiving 77 receptions, 1,124 yards, and six touchdowns. Also, his partner in crime, wide receiver Chris Godwin, 104 receptions, was eighth in the NFL, 1,023 yards receiving, and three touchdowns on the season. And overall, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on offense, they were 15 to 347 yards per game. Last in rushing, so number 32 in rushing with 77 yards per game. Second in passing, though, with 270 yards per game. And 25th in scoring with 18 points per game. Defensive-wise, overall, they're ninth in the NFL with 324 yards per game. 15th in rushing with 121 yards. 9th in passing, 204. And 13th in scoring, allowing 21 points per game. And their turnover margin is negative 2, which is tied for 20th in the NFL. So overall, stat-wise, Tampa Bay has not looked good going in this game. Uh, but we're had, luckily had a weak enough division to be able to win and get into the playoffs. Where Dak and company were had a chance to possibly be up there in the seeding coming in the final week. We're not able to do it in our set or the number five seed, and they'll be on the road for this game. Again, the playoffs is a restart for everybody. That's the way I look at it. Teams, it doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. It depends on what you do in the playoffs. Of course, Tom Brady is known for what he does in the playoffs. So this could be a very interesting game. Again, that will come down to the wire, in my opinion. Uh, this one go either way in this one, but... To be honest with you, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. Yes, Dallas has had some issues the last couple weeks. They just got blown out by the Commanders last week with their starters playing. So that makes concern as well in that one. Again, they got some backup quarterback in Sam Howell, who had a very impressive game. So we'll see if to see what he does next year, if he could be a starter next year for the Commanders or not. But Tampa Bay, for some reason, I just got faith that Tom Brady's going to do something in this game to help this team win some way how... This team has, of course, been suffering injuries all season long as well. That's why I think this offensive defense has been struggling throughout the season. Just injuries have been a major issue for this Tampa Bay team. And maybe now that they have some people staying together longer than they expected, this may allow this team to suddenly start clicking. Uh, this did suffer a loss last week in a game. They probably could have beat the Falcons in by benching their players. So again, they played a half, then got them out, and that's all that would allow the Falcons win that game. So technically, I think Tampa Bay should be 9-8. and eight. But in this one, I'm going to go Tampa Bay at home. I think this could game could go either way, yes. Uh, depends on how how turnover margin works, honestly, for both these teams. Of course, Dallas won the best turnover teams in the league this year. Like I mentioned, second overall. Tampa Bay had a negative and turnover margin this year. But I do like this game. I think both teams' quarterbacks are going to throw an interception this game. I think this is going to be a very close game to the very end. But again, it's going to come down to who protects the ball in this one. And yes, the running game has been an issue for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that could be a problem as well. And I think that could lead to an issue in this one. But for some reason, in my gut, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay winning this game. If Dallas wins, it would not surprise me at all, of course. But I do believe I'm going to go with this. I guess you can call this the upset of the playoffs if you want to so far. I think Tampa Bay is going to be the losing record team to pick up a win in this one. And beat the Dallas Cowboys at home and advance to the next round of the playoffs. But again, I expect this one to be a very close one. I think this one would probably be the game of the week, possibly this game or the Jaguars game, Jags Chargers game. But those games should be excellent and this should be a fun one as well. 
But again, this one will be interesting. I think this will be the game of the week as these two teams are going to put it all on the line. But I believe Tampa Bay is going to hold off at home and pick up the win over the Dallas Cowboys. But that is all six games happening so far. That's that, all six games, I should say, so far. It's all six games that are going to happen, hopefully, this week in the NFL. A lot of great action getting ready for. Of course, playoffs always fun to watch. Can't wait to see what's going to happen here in the playoffs. Uh, but a lot of great games. But again, overall, we'll go over all the pit by picks for this week. And the Niners beating the Seattle Seahawks. I believe the Niners are going to cover the spread in that one, which is a nine-point spread. Then we had the Jags versus uh, Chargers taking on the Jags. I have the Jaguars winning that one. So, again, they will cover their spread on that side, which the Chargers are favored by one and a half in that game. The Bills beating the, Buff the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think Buffalo could possibly spread cover that 13.5-point spread. Uh if they if they, things go as, as I expect them to, which I do believe the Buffalo Bills will cover that, in my opinion. Uh, Giant, we had the Minnesota Vikings being the Giants. I think the Minnesota will cover their spread at negative three at, by three point favorite, and that one I had the Bengals beating the Ravens. I think the Bengals will cover their spread at eight and a half, and also the Buccaneers will beat the Cowboys, which I think the Buccaneers will cover the spread as Dallas favored that one by two and a half according to uh, betters. So again. A lot of great action getting ready for this week. It's always fun to watch the NFL playoffs. We'll, we'll be excited to see if there's going to be any major upsets this week. But there's a lot of keeping an eye on in these NFL playoffs. So, again, can't wait to see what is going to happen this week in all six of these games. And we'll see who will be advancing to the divisional round. As, again, six great games ready to happen Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. But let's take a look at some of the news across the NFL as well since we have some announcements made. And, of course, Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay. Uh, those questions if he was going to be retiring after this season. Well, he has announced that he will be back next season, according to Fox Sports. So, so McVay will be leading the Rams once again next year. And coming back with him will be quarterback Matthew Stafford, who also announced he will be returning, as I believe they had to pick up his option on his contract. So Stafford will be back for the Rams also next year, as they expect to bring him back as well. So again, two of the major stars for this team coming back. Stafford also suffering two concussions this year as well. So hopefully he is okay and going to be ready to go for next year as he has, took a rest after the Rams went downhill at one point. Also, he had Cooper Cup was injured at one point as well. So hopefully all those, everybody is going to be healthy to go for the Rams next year. This team is going to be ready to compete once again for a championship as, of course, last year's Super Champions having a complete downfall this year as they believe finished with the sixth worst record in the NFL, which is great for my Lions, of course, because we get a good high draft pick. Uh, but overall, the Rams looking to get healthy again one next year. They look to have everybody back next year and looking to make another run for the playoffs as well. And also, the All-Pro teams were announced uh, earlier this week as we'll take a look at all the players announced on that one. As we'll take a look at the first team for the All-Pros, and that starts off quarterback Patrick Mahomes leading the way for the, from the Kansas City Chiefs. The running back for the All-Pro team, Josh Jacobs for the Las Vegas Raiders. Tight end, Travis Kelsey from the Chiefs. The three wide receivers chosen were Justin Jefferson from the Vikings, Tyreek Hill from the Dolphins, and Devontae Adams from the Raiders. Left tackle, Trent Williams from the 49ers. Right tackle, Lane Johnson from the Eagles. Left guard, Joe uh, Betonio from Cleveland. Right guard, Zach Martin from Dallas. And center, Jason Kelsey from Philadelphia. On the defensive side, run edge rushers would be Nick Boza from the 49ers, Amika Parsons from Dallas. Interior alignment, Chris Jones from Kansas City and Quentin Williams of New York Jets. For linebackers, Fred Warner from the 49ers and Raekwon Smith from Baltimore and Matt Milano from Buffalo. And cornerback, Sauce Gardner from the New York Jets. And Patrick 
Sertain, Sertain the second from Denver, and for safeties, Mika Fitzpatrick from Pittsburgh, and Tuan Telenoa uh, Hufanga from the 49ers. And special teams, first team, we have place kicker Daniel Carson, Carlson with the Raiders, punter Tommy Townsend from Kansas City, kick returner Keyshawn Nixon from Green Bay, punt returner Marcus Jones from New England, special teamer, we have Jeremy Reeves from Washington, and long snapper Andrew DePaula from Minnesota. And for second team offensive-wise, we have quarterback Jalen Hurts from Philadelphia, running back Nick Chubb from Cleveland, tight end George Kittle from San Francisco, wide receiver A.J. Brown from Philly, Stephon Diggs from Buffalo, and C.D. Lamb from Dallas. At left tackle, we have Andrew Thomas from New York Giants, right tackle Tristan Wirth with, from Tampa Bay, left guard Joe Tony, Tunney from Kansas City, right guard Chris Lindstrom from Atlanta, and center Creed Humphrey from Kansas City. On the defensive side, we have Ed Rusher, Miles Garrett from Cleveland, uh, Hassan Reddick from Philly. Interior linemen, we have Dexter uh, Lawrence from New York Giants and Jeremy Simmons from Tennessee. Linebackers, we have Bobby Wagner from the Los Angeles Rams, CJ Mosley from the New York Jets, and Demario Davis from New Orleans. Quarterbacks, Jared Alexander from Green Bay and James Brad Bradbury from Philly. And at safety, Darwin James from the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Simmons from Denver. And at special teams, we have place kicker Justin Tucker from Baltimore, punter Ryan Stonehouse from Tennessee, who set the NFL record for best average per kick this year. I think it was 50, about 54 yards, I think it was around. Either way, congratulations to him on breaking that NFL record. Kick returner Kenny uh, Kenawago from Minnesota, punt returner Cleve Raymond from Detroit, special teamer. George Odom from San Francisco, and long snapper Nick Moore from Baltimore. So congratulations to all those guys on becoming an All-Pro this year. Uh, they all deserve it. All had a great season this year. And we'll see what this, some of these players will be able to do in the playoffs and what some of these players will be able to do next year as well. And we'll end the show with a little bit of a conversation I want to have, which is I'm calling cold, the cold challenge segment here, where I take a look at some things, maybe just kind of a little brief uh, let going of some things. Let's talk about the two teams that did not make the playoffs this year, that went on a great run to end the season, and that is my own personal Detroit Lions and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both these teams struggled to begin the year. Lions at 1-6, Steelers at one point were 2-6, uh, both these teams just could not get things going at one point, and both end of the year at nine and seven, just barely, just barely missing the playoffs. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions first year. As a Lions fan, we began the season going, "Oh God, this team sucks." It was the same old Lions over and over again. This team ain't gonna do anything. We're all questioning Dan Campbell. We are already had questions about Jared Goff. We thought we were getting ready to get rid of him after this year and draft a quarterback in the draft. Then all of a sudden. Things just click. We beat the Green Bay Packers at home. We're like, all right, cool. I went to Chicago, watched them beat the Bears in a close. I'm like, all right, we got two game winning streak going. Then it kept on winning and winning. And then, of course, the loss to Buffalo struggled. Then we kept winning again. Then we lost to Carolina. Then we finished the season. The Lions finished the season with two straight wins. They finished win eight of the last ten games. So again, this ain't the same old Lions right now. As their people are saying now, it's the brand new Lions going right now. This is one of the best teams in the NFL to end the year. Jared Koff looked absolutely incredible to end the season. I believe he, if I remember right, I think he had uh, the last five or six weeks, he had a total of 13 or 14 touchdowns uh, with no interceptions. He has thrown over 300 passes that interception, which is the, he is tied right now for the fifth most pass attempts at that interception in NFL history. 
Goff played absolutely incredible this year. I'm excited to see him back at quarterback next year. Uh, can't wait to see what they're going to be able to do. One of the worst defenses in the league this year at the beginning. Uh, stepped up late in the season. Were able to do their job to help this team win games. They had turnover, I believe, in seven or eight games at the end of the season straight. Uh, receivers were incredible. Uh, Amaran St. Brown was great. DJ Clark looked excellent. Hope they resign him. Jamal Williams setting the franchise record in rushing touchdowns with 17, beating Barry Sanders' record. Hope we have Jamal Williams back next year to the Lions. A lot of great signs for the Lions. Again, this ain't the same old Lions anymore. This is a Lions team that a lot of people are, have a lot of hype in now. A team that a lot of people are expecting to win the playoffs. Not even that, just even possibly win the NFC North next season. Uh, but again, people doubted the Lions. And that's the one thing that bothered me all this season, at the end of the season here. We talked about every other team, but we did not talk about the Lions. That, going into that Green Bay game was Green Bay this, Green Bay that, Green Bay this, Green Bay that, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Look what the run they made. They make it back in the playoff contention here. They're on a six game winning streak. Uh, whatever the hell they were on going before going that Lions game. Six or four game, whatever the hell it was again. But either way, there's no talk of the Lions at all by the media. Nothing. Nothing at all. Just It's just, through the media, it was the Lions. No one cared about them. I hope, and I really do hope after this game, people respect the Lions more. I hope people see what the Lions team is becoming now. Because this team is something. They are improving. They show they're improving week after week. And now next year is the ultimate challenge, in my opinion. They... Need to make the playoffs next year no matter what. Or it's already a disappointing. It's going to be a disappointing season. They approved they have the team to do it. They just need to sign some of these players back. They need to add some pieces of that defense during the offseason. Sign some free agents to get that defense better. Get those cornerbacks better. Um, defensive line. It's added that defensive line to make it more scary than it already is. Aiden Hutchinson. Absolutely incredible season. What did he get? Eight and a half sacks. Um, I believe it was three interceptions. And just had an absolutely incredible rookie year. He could be in the contention for Rookie of the Year, but I believe, believe Sauce Gardner is going to end up winning it. Uh, but again, Aiden Hutchinson, very close to Sauce Gardner in that battle, in my own opinion. Uh, Houston as well have an absolutely incredible season. I think, what, eight games? Seven or eight games? Seven games, I think. He had eight and a half, nine sacks on the year. So Houston, absolutely another incredible rookie. I just need to add a couple more pieces of that defense to get that defense better. And this team could... Roll in the next year as a favorite to pass, of course, to win the NFC North, but maybe even a favorite in the NFC overall next year, at least a top five team in the NFC next year. But again, I expect a lot of this Lions team next year, and I think, like just like Jamal Williams says, put some respect on this Lions team because they deserve it, and I do believe that. And I hope the rest of the NFL fans in the around the world see that as well because this Lions team, I do believe, is going to be someone to mess with next year, and hopefully, hopefully, they don't pull up. Uh, same old Lions moment on us next year and just completely fall apart. But again, I have a lot of hope in this Detroit Lions team next year. I think they're going to make some big signings of free agency to help this team out next year. I think they're going to focus on that defense in the draft. Even though a lot of people are predicting that the Lions are going to take a quarterback in that first round in that first pick of the draft, that sixth overall pick. I don't think so. I think they're going to focus on that defensive side of the ball and they get that side better because I believe they have enough faith in Jared Goff to do what he needs to do to lead this team for the next at least three to four years, I believe. As long as he can play like he did last year, I have all the faith in the world with Jared Goff. But again, I will say this once, and I will say it till the beginning of next year and through next year. Watch out for this Detroit Lions team because they are going to be a team to mess with next year. And if you do look at their schedule at home next year, it looks really good. I think they can go undefeated at home, but the schedule on the road is going to be very difficult as they play the Chiefs, they play the Chargers, they play uh, some other uh, Ravens, they play some other good teams as well. But their road schedule is very tough, but I do possibly see them going undefeated at home. If they do lose a game at home, it's probably going to be a division rival. But overall, 
Keep an eye on the Detroit Lions next year, but also keep an eye on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who looked absolutely incredible this year as well. Won six of the last seven games, which again, like I mentioned, starting two and six, finished season seven and uh, nine and seven, I should say. Mike Tomlin again avoiding a losing record. Uh, I should be nine and seven. Uh, both teams finished nine and eight, I should say, not nine and seven. Uh, both teams finishing nine and eight. Uh, Mike Tomlin, again, avoiding a losing record. So, continuing to never have a losing record as a head coach in the NFL. Uh, think he found his future quarterback as well as Kenny Pickens. Uh, Pickett looking really good in this year. Uh, George Pickens also looking a good receiver for this team as well. As things starting to turn around for the Steelers team. Defense, of course, always been good with Mika Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt. Two of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, but his team started to get things clicking at the end of the year. Just, again... Just missing the playoffs. Of course, losing key games in that one. But overall, uh, the Steelers team, Mike Tomlin's got things going. Another team I think we should watch out for next year. We'll see if what Pickens and Pickett will be able to do next year as they get to their second year in the NFL. Let's see if they'll make another step up uh, throughout the year. Again, rookie year, time to learn. And we've seen the, both these players advance throughout the year. So glad to see that. See what they'll be able to, glad to see what they'll be able to do next year as well. So again... Both these teams, I'm expecting a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dale, uh, Detroit Lions. Excuse me, guys. I know it's plugged up here. But overall, both these teams, I think I'm expecting a lot out of them. I think they're both going to be playoff teams next year. I think they're both going to compete for the division next year. Uh, but it should be a fun one to keep an eye on both these teams, of course. Could be seeing the Lions in the playoffs and that is other news that I have to talk about as well. Because the drafts in the Los Angeles Rams... Seattle Seahawks game are being reviewed now after what was probably the worst officiating fourth quarter I've ever seen in my life. A uh, horrible roughing the kicker call when the punter got hit by the Rams player when who was pushed into him. We had that horrible late hit call, which was we seen the receiver just we seen Ramsey just standing there and he took a shot by Geno Smith when he was just standing there and he was still in balance during that one. Uh, there's other calls that I can't think of off the top of my head right now that I know that were called, but it was easily almost ripped. They're trying to rip it away from the Rams. But don't get me wrong, the Rams had a chance to win it late in the game. Bayfield had a chance to find uh, one of his receivers downfield. I believe it was uh, uh, Jefferson was downfield, uh, underthrew it, which allowed Seahawks to pick it off and kick a field goal to win that game in overtime. But overall, a weird game. Again, I'm not saying Seattle doesn't deserve it, but I, I think Detroit Lions should technically be in this playoffs right now. Uh, but again, it, whatever ha what happened has happened already. It's official. So, but either way, uh, hopefully some punishment comes down to those refs for the way that game was officiated. It was completely awful. Uh, should never have been like that at all. Uh, but again, it's passed. Seahawks are in. We'll see what they can do here in the playoffs against the Niners. I think that'll be a fun game to watch with the Niners. Uh, but again, uh, keep an eye on this Detroit Lions and Pittsburgh Steelers team. Expect both teams to make a splash in the NFL next season. But again... This is all the sports I got to talk about here today. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you guys for tuning with me. Hope you enjoy all six NFL games this super wild card weekend. Still hate that name. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy all those games. Hopefully we get some great action in each one of those games. Hopefully they're all close scoring games. And hey, wouldn't mind to see a couple upsets in these games as well. Again, a lot of new quarterbacks playing in playoff games this week. I believe, like I mentioned, we have possibly three third-string quarterbacks competing in the game this week. A lot of young players in the NFC, so we'll see if Tom Brady will be able to take advantage of that and maybe make another miracle run for this Tim Bay Buccaneers team. But a lot of fun action to watch right here 
in the NFL playoffs. The first week, super wild card weekend. Again, I'll go over the six games. Number seven seed, Seattle Seahawks taking on the number two seed, San Francisco 49ers in the NFC. In the AFC, we have the number five seed, Los Angeles Chargers taking on the number four seed, Jacksonville Jaguars. Move back, stay in the AFC is the number seven seed, Miami Dolphins taking on the number two seed, Buffalo Bills. Move over to the NFC, where we have the six seed, New York Giants taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And then we have in the AFC, the number six seed, Baltimore Ravens taking on the number three seed, Cincinnati Bengals. And we wrap it all up on Monday night with the number five seed, Dallas Cowboys taking the number four seed, Tampa Bay Buccaneers also in the NFC. So again, six great games ready to go this weekend. Let's see what's going to happen here. But thank you guys for tuning with me here once again today. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, for the latest information, until you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there, you can message me questions or talk to you on the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I'm going to try to make sure I tweet throughout all these games. So make sure if you want to come and talk with me about any of these games, if you agree with me or disagree with me, I love you. I'd love to hear what you guys are saying. Say what you want to say. I'd love to talk to you guys. Just let me know what you guys want to talk about or what if you have to agree or disagree with my opinion. Again, it's always good to talk with you guys. Also, don't forget to subscribe and our follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. You can find me on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. These are in all the major platforms out there. So make sure you just search for Cold Talk and you will find me on any of those major platforms. We'll try to get the show go, these shows going once again weekly. So we'll probably do an NFL show hopefully a little earlier in the week. So Wednesday or Thursday, I'm hoping. We'll try to get the sports show going once again on Tuesdays. Again, we'll have all my wrestling shows. We'll roll on Tuesday, NXT Wednesday, AEW Thursday, SmackDown Saturday, and of course, we have the World Rumble coming up as well. So we'll try to get all the shows back in the regular routine once again like I used to be doing it. So make sure you guys tune in for all those. And make sure, you, again, subscribe or follow to make sure you get elites, alerts when all those episodes do come out. But again, thank you guys for tuning with me here today. I am your host, Cole Martin, and thank you guys for joining me once a year, once again. And you guys all have a great day. And of course, enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend.